Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. God will often take a believer into a place where it's beyond his abilities. He'll take you to a place that unless he shows up, it won't work. If you're walking with God and serving God, there are going to be times in your life and in your work and in your calling that unless God shows up, it's just not going to work. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Whose power are you using to accomplish good works in the world? Are you exhausting and expending your own energy and capabilities trying to do the will of God? As Pastor Ed teaches us in today's message, we can labor until our hearts run dry and our hands are worn. But we can never do enough on our own. God gifts us and equips us, but if we fail to rely on the power of His Holy Spirit to supply us with strength and direction, we will inevitably fall short. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. to get out of this attitude that nobody could ever speak correction to us. Deborah broke it, broke the mold. Here she was, a woman, and yet she was bold enough to say, you know, you you did the wrong thing here. Now, I don't believe it was with condemnation. I don't believe it was the ministry of criticism. I believe it was out of a, a devotion to God because she was going in the right direction in her personal life. That is so, so important. Now, years ago, back in another pastorate, we had one sister who would give prophetic words on a very frequent basis. She would give a message in tongues and the interpretation. Now, whenever she did that, everybody trembled. No, I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating. We just, you know, you tremble. You were put on edge. It was like chalk when it squeals on a chalkboard. And it wasn't that she wasn't right in what she was saying. It was how she said it, how she delivered it. You felt as though she had just had an argument with her husband and was yelling at the children and you got the leftovers. One of the things about ministering a good word of of help and correction. It's so important to do that. So sometimes we go to extremes. It's hard to stay balanced. It's hard for any of us. But when you stay balanced, you could speak the truth in love and in grace. And so ladies, I encourage you to do that. Hopefully that you speak the truth to your husbands. Husbands are shaking their head. You all want that, right? All right, good. Uh, husbands, you, you agree on that today. But, but it's helpful when your wife, uh, I know it's helpful for me with Joyce, you know, and she'll say, well, did you think about that? I disagree with you here or there. That is helpful. So husbands, listen. But ladies, do it at the right time. <laughs> Use some of that wisdom that Deborah had. You know, after he ate a good meal and he's comfortable and he had his favorite dessert and he's sitting down and he's just ready to listen to you. That's, come on. Anyway, Deborah had that sense of wisdom that she was able 
to say, you know, guys, you missed it here. You guys did well. Um, not only was this commitment that gave her direction and discernment as a result of following the right direction, but there was a confidence that she had. And remember, she was in a time where women were oppressed and suppressed. In verse six, you see the confidence of this godly woman. Now, think about who she's speaking to. She sent for Barak. Now, he is a military leader. He's like one of the warlords. Uh, he's gonna lead the nation in battle. She sent for Barak, and she tells him, and if you look at the verse, the Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Go take with you 10,000 men from Nephtali and Zebulun and lead the way to Mount Tabor. She says, here's what the Lord said. There was a strength in what she said. She's talking to this military leader. She's talking to this powerful man in the nature. And you know why she could do that? There's confidence in her call. Confidence in her call. In verses 6 to 7. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the roads were abandoned, travelers took winding paths, village life in Israel ceased, until I, Deborah, rose, arose a mother in Israel. See, what happened is there was this confidence that she had that God's hand was upon her life. Now, it wasn't self-assertiveness, and I want to make a distinction between those two things. Some people just pushed themselves forward, and... It wasn't that, there was a confidence that came because for 20 years, people were coming to her for counsel. They were, wanted a word from God from her. They wanted to hear something. And so there was a proven track record that she had. There was a confidence because again and again, she heard the voice of the Lord accurately and she could recognize. And let me just say this, it's so important to recognize when you make a mistake. So few Christians do that. And I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because we feel it's some type of failure. But sometimes you think you hear God and you didn't hear God. And if you've never had that experience, then don't step out in the gifts. Let me say that again. If you've never thought you heard something from God and were wrong, and you always thought you're right, please do not step out in the gifts. Now, if you recognize you've made mistakes along the way, go ahead. And you've heard God at times and other times you've missed it, go ahead. The reason for that is because you have a teachable spirit. If you don't recognize you've made mistakes, you don't have a teachable spirit because we all, all have feet of clay. And it's important to recognize that. It's important to recognize, boy, I thought this, but I, I missed it. It was, it was my spirit. It was, God gives you confirmations and affirmations, and there is fruit to your work. That's why that confidence in the calling grew, because there was fruit. People's lives were touched. They were changed. They were encouraged. They were built up. And so there was a track record that she could look back on, and you recognize that when God calls you, he equips you. I want to just say something. How many of you have been in my office? Okay, a few people have. In my office, there's not one degree hanging on the wall. Now, I'm not saying I've asked Alex to hang his degrees up. I've asked others to hang their degrees up. But I don't have it on my wall. I have just a plaque or two. God is my strength and my power. He maketh my way perfect. And part of the reason for that is I want to remind myself I'm not depending upon my education, I need it, you, you benefit from it, you know, I need all the help I can get, you know, that type of thing, but 
I'm depending on him. And, and see, there's a confidence we have in our calling, but not this attitude of cockiness or this attitude, well, I'm it. No. She, there was something about her, but she was able to speak wisely into Barak's life. Now, the confidence in her calling really grew out of a confidence in God's power. That's where the confidence really was. In verse 7, the message translation, I'll take care of getting Sisera, the leader of Jabin's army, to the Kishon River with the chariots and troops, and I'll make sure you win the battle. Now, Sisera was the general who was working for this king who's over the Canaanites, and he was cruel. I mean, this guy was a butcher, and he would be fierce in battle. And God speaks to her to talk to Barak to encourage him to go into the battle, and it says, God's going to do it. God's going to do it. God will often take a believer into a place where it's beyond his abilities. He'll take you to a place that unless he shows up, it won't work. If you're walking with God and serving God, there are going to be times in your life and in your work and in your calling that unless God shows up, it's just not going to work. Now, this was dangerous because remember in chapter 1 about the chariots? of iron, metal. These guys had chariots. Judah wouldn't deal with them, but these guys had chariots 900. Nothing to Deborah, because she saw a bigger God. The odds were against them, but she recognized that somehow, someway, God's gonna show up and he's gonna help in the battle. And so God will use a variety of ways to accomplish his, his purposes. What's gonna happen is they're gonna go into the battle And they go into a very vulnerable place on this hill that the enemy could easily attack them. There they are. And it pulls out Sisera so that he said, ah, now's my chance. He outnumbers the Israelites. They have 10,000. He has maybe 100,000. It's like 10 to 1. They're using round numbers in the scripture. It's like 10 to 1. And they have the advanced technology. But what they don't have is God on their side, and that makes all the difference. So God just begins to tap his foot, and he sends an earthquake, and then he just goes, and all of a sudden there's a torrential downpour of rain. And there, that dry riverbed that the chariots are going over becomes filled with water. And how many know that iron chariots with horses don't run well in mud. And that's what happens. That's what God did. I mean, the timing of the storm was absolutely God. And if you walk with God, if you trust him, you'll be amazed at how we can do things, how we could operate. Rise up, women of God. Trust the Lord, confident that God uses women, that God uses people like Deborah. Now, let me just stop and pause here. If your wife, your mother, your spouse has been called by God to do something, guys, stand with them. You know, they say that behind every good man, there's a woman, and I know that I could not do the ministry I do without Joyce's help, without her support. But it is also true that God has called some women into ministry, and without their husband's support, it couldn't happen. Godly people working together. 
Now, listen to the words, confidence in God's power. In Judges chapter 4, verses 14 to 15, the New Living Translation, then Deborah said to Barak, get ready. This is the day the Lord will give you victory over Sisera. The Lord is marching ahead of you. So Barak led 10,000 warriors down the slopes of Mount Tabor into battle. When Barak attacked, the Lord threw Sisera and all the chariot warriors into a panic. Now, it explains it in detail in chapter 5. Uh, Sisera leaped down from his chariot and escaped on foot. Here he is, this general, this fearsome man running. If you trust him, have confidence in his power. God has called our church to do some incredible things. It's not going to be my ability. It's not going to be the ability of any of our pastoral staff, our boards. I, I, I mean, we need to work. We need to do the best we can. We need to think about things but unless God, unless God builds a house, they that labor, labor in vain. It's the hand of God doing things that we couldn't possibly do. So there was a commitment. She was going in the right direction, and when you go in the right direction, you have discernment. She had confidence that God had called her, and whom he calls, he equips, because God will often take us to places and into situations that are beyond ourselves that unless he shows up, it doesn't happen. Then the final point is the courage of a godly woman. Verse 21, it says, the Kishon River swept them away. The ancient torrent, the Kishon, march on, courage my soul. Uh, she ends this chapter and says, as she watched the army being swept away by this flood and the chariots stuck in the mud and all of that, she said, take courage. Hallelujah. I mean, you can have courage that your God, when he tells you something, goes before you. Uh, when he's leading you, he's ahead of you, behind you, beside you, above you, beneath you. He is there with you. And so she had this courage and she had the courage to engage in spiritual warfare. Now, she was in a military battle. That was, I'm sure, out of her area of expertise. Uh, but God was leading her. And we are often engaged in spiritual battles. In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the roads were abandoned. It was a mess. You know, there are spiritual battles that we fight. Sometimes the battle involves getting involved in a ministry. There's a need somewhere for someone to be committed to help. And that's the battle. Sometimes it's a need to be an intercessor in prayer. Sometimes it, it needs, you need to be like Deborah with Barak because there Barak is a leader, but yet he's not ready. He doesn't want to go forward. He's doubtful if it's going to even happen. But she came alongside of this leader and helped and inspired him. Now, I want to read to you something from Charles Dickens. Uh, the Tale of Two Cities. It compares London and Paris, and uh, he's looking at how London is doing well and Paris is just in such shambles and disaster. He said, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was an age of wisdom, an age of foolishness. It was a season of light, it was a season of darkness, it was the spring of hope, it was the winter of despair. Doesn't that characterize so much of many times the seasons of life? Sometimes things are the best and the worst of times. You know, you know, on the one hand, things are going well. On the other hand, there's some real challenges that you're facing. 
at those times and in those places, it takes courage. And you have to wisely navigate with spiritual warfare. I think about the day that we're living in. What a difficult day it is to raise children. But what a wonderful day it is. What a difficult time it is to be a stalwart Christian. But at the same time, the resources we have, it's the best and worst. It's that combination. And, and you have to have, and when you have the courage, you see that if God is in it, it works. Now, this last point about courage, I talked about the negative impact of the domino effect the other week. I want to talk about the positive effect. When you got people with courage, it's contagious. It's like a fire that starts in a dry forest. It just takes off. Uh, when you get around people that have faith and that believe, it helps carry you. And that's what happened. She goes to Barak, and here's a conversation in chapter four. She's gonna enable him to be victorious in spiritual warfare. She's gonna enable the whole nation. Barak said to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Now just picture that. Here's this general, this military leader, this robust man, and here's this woman, and uh, she's not, you know, prophetess and spiritual woman and everything. He says, I ain't going unless you is coming. <laughs> I'm not gonna go and I'm not gonna fight this battle unless you're by my side. Now, perhaps he just wanted that prophetic gift to encourage him and get direction and, you know, I think it probably was that, but probably more. But then she has a word for him. <laughs> Listen to what she says. Very well, Deborah said, I'll go with you. But because the way you are going about this, the honor will not be yours. For the Lord will hand Sisera over to a woman. So Deborah went to Barak to Kedesh. Now, he's not going to get all of the credit there and all the glory that could have, I guess, in the battle been his. But she is gonna help him be more than he was. That's what wives do for their husbands. That's what mothers do for their children. That's what spiritual mothers in the church do for the body, for the body of Christ. Here she is. She's lifted up her rack and it said, okay, I'll go with you into battle. Now, watch what happens. Because she went with him, she lifted him even above herself. You wanna see that? Turn to the Hall of Fame in Hebrews of chapter 11. Deborah's name isn't mentioned there, but Barak's is. Now, if she hadn't gone with him, his name wouldn't have been there. How many times can we attribute our successes, and God knows, to godly mothers who prayed, who waited, who were encouraging to us? You know, um, last year in August, uh, we were in Southampton, in England and um, we were ready to go on a cruise. I don't advise you do what I did, but we we're gonna go on a Mediterranean cruise. We were celebrating our 35th wedding anniversary. And so uh, we like museums and so we went to a museum. <laughs> the museum was of the Titanic. No, it would have been better afterwards, but anyway, <laughs> we go, <laughs> this museum, we, there's it. And I had all these lists of names of survivors and people who didn't survive. And I, I noticed that those who were, you know, um, in a wealthier class that had a, maybe a better uh, percentage or uh, more of a chance of surviving, but so many lost their lives. Now, I was asked to do a funeral, and it was a close friend of mine, his family. I, I encouraged him into the ministry, and I 
baptized John and I ministered to their family when I was pastoring in Chestnut Ridge, New York, Faith Assembly there. And so they said, would you come and do our father's funeral? And uh, he was born on May 10th and the funeral was on May 10th. And May 10th has always been significant to me because uh, that's the day my mom went home to be with the Lord. And I don't forget that day. And I'm sure you don't forget the day that some loved one in your life went home to be with the Lord. So I remember that and I said, yes, I'll be there. And as is my practice, when I do a funeral, I want to know the family, I want to know details. And so Costas was father. Costas actually had gone through Southampton and he was going to go. He had bought a ticket and he missed the boat and he was angry. He was supposed to go on the Titanic. Had he been on time and been on the Titanic, there's a strong probability that the Harris family would never exist. But because he missed the boat, he would have a son who would have five children, two of them ministers of the gospel. And so you've got to look back and say, wow, how did that affect this nearly a hundred years later? See, God is like a master chess player. He providentially moves events and things that we can't fully understand, but he's doing it for our good. God is going to give Deborah the victory, Israel the victory. And it wasn't Deborah that kills the general of the opposing army, Sisera, but it's a woman by the name of Jael whose husband, Heber, had a a peace covenant with the Canaanites. And there she sees Sisera coming and she says, oh, don't be afraid, come into my house. And she, he comes into her house, or tent rather, and he says, could I have some water? She does better, she gives him a bowl of milk and, and treats him in a princely manner, puts a robe on him. He says, take it easy here, rest. You know, don't. And he's still giving commands, stand at the front of the tent, don't let anybody in, tell them no one's in. He still thinks he's in charge, you know. God's in charge, he always is, he always will be. And so when he falls fast asleep, jail takes a tent peg. And women in those days set up the tents. They set up all of that where the family would live in. And so she took this peg and a hammer and she, right through his temple, killed this man as he was sleeping. Now, I'm not trying to justify the morality of that or anything. All I'm saying is this. Deborah's prophecy came to pass in a way that she would never have known and from a person who you might never expect. You don't always understand how God is doing what he's doing or why he's doing what he's doing or how it's gonna work, but you do and you can understand this. God, if he's for you, no one can be against you. And if you're trusting him and you have courage to listen to his voice and you have confidence in in him and, and that God could use even you, because sometimes the enemy just hammers that away and says, you can't be used, but you can. If you trust God, if, you, if you're going in the right direction, he could use you. But if you're going in the wrong direction, you're going to be like Jonah, you know, hitting one storm after another, after another. Uh, but if you're going in the right direction, guess what? The discernment is going to be there. You're going to be able to walk with confidence in the calling and confidence in God's power. You're going to be able to have courage because you know you're not in the battle alone. 
and you're going to inspire others and you're going to lift them up around you beyond where you are. Women in ministry is a topic that has a variety of opinions surrounding it. The book of Judges highlights a particular woman who is not only a mighty warrior, but a wise leader in the nation of Israel. Through this study, Pastor Ed will share with us the important role that women play in the body of Christ. And this is only one important truth we'll learn as we study the book of Judges. To learn more about Building in Faith, or to get a free copy of today's teaching, simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Although Building in Faith is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. If not, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For service times, driving directions, and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. Please join us next time as Pastor Ed continues teaching verse by verse through the book of Judges, right here on Building in Faith. Your word restores.